Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. It's episode 46 and back in st- in studio. There's no studio here. Back <laughs> on board is Zach Tyler. Zach, ha- Zach and Barney, how are you guys doing this week? Oh, not too bad. Uh, I got shut down this week, close contact. So nice. no, no, no games away from home for me, unfortunately, uh, mm. this weekend. No symptoms. No symptoms, nothing like that. No, I went and got tested yesterday. It was negative. So for whatever that's worth. That's good. I am, I am jealous of Zach, not for that reason, but for the snow he has on the ground up there. So oh, the pictures, yeah, we were. Yeah. Hang on. My AirPods aren't connected either, Barney. But now I'm getting huh. Um, There we go. That's a little better. We still in. Well, we... So you didn't get to any games, Zach. You got to watch some games, right? Uh, well, <clears throat> I got to games this week, but then yesterday I did not get to get to anything, though. No. no, I mean, but I meant, like, did you stream anything? I did not. I went and got that test done. Oh, did you? Did, it, did yeah. you get results back yet? Yep. Well, I was negative. It was a rapid test. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I had to get tested in September. So that's, you know, luckily I've been, been able to duck that, but... Barney and I watched the – what game we watched? Lagodi and North Davies game together? Yes. <laughs> yes. Should have done a, should have done a on-spot any interview with Coach Rohr. We should have. I didn't take, even think about it. Gotten takes right there on the game we were watching. Yes. Talked about what was going to happen post-game. Although, you notice we did not get invited to that post-game outing, Right. Right. Right, I was I was a little upset about that. Disappointed, Mark. Yes. Disappointed, Mark. I don't know that he listens every week. He listened once. But anyway. <laughs> well, after last week, it's kind of a slower week in recruiting. We we had a little misfire, at some point. Yeah. That's what we get for trusting Nick. Damn it, Nick. Yeah. Um, with the uh, Malik Stanley thing, that was like what a thirty-minute faux pas. Yeah, that was a mess. Where everybody was reporting <laughs> that that. Malik Stanley committed. I was shocked. I was like, what the heck? Anyway, go, Zach. Get us up to date on recruiting. Yeah, because when I looked at Malik's stuff on our site, then I there was no Grand Valley offer to begin with. So I was kind of curious as to where that came from all of a sudden. But I didn't think they yeah, had, gotta, but I was just I was shocked that. just at the timing of it because I, I think he's gonna push it as long as he can. Yeah. You know, as good of a year as he's having, he he needs to start getting more sure more looks and Hell, the way the recruiting situation is going with COVID and people getting that extra year, I you know I feel yes. really bad for seniors. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll figure it out as we go. Yes. So three offers and a commitment this week. Uh, Eddie Jones from Pike, Kentucky Wesleyan, offer Isaiah Stafford from Crispus Attics, uh, Lewis offer, and then Jalen Hooks, a big Big Ten offer from Illinois. And then our commitment this week was Zane Burke of Blackhawk Christian, who's staying home and going to St. Francis. Yeah, that's that's not a surprise at all. And that, that's a 
and that's a good level for him. I don't, you know, and that's, I mean, that's the crossroads league is, is outstanding. And Zach's having, Zane, Zach, Zach, sorry to call him Zach. Zane's Zane. having a great year. Um, Barney, you saw, did you see the Blackhawk? Did you see those Hall of Fame games? I, I saw the Blackhawk uh, Bar Reef game. I wasn't Bar able Reef. to, yeah, wasn't able to make it to the other two. But, you know, it was, uh, he's typical Zane Burke. You know, I've got to watch him for the last couple of years. And, you know, he does what he wants to when he wants to, you know, for the most part. They, they did a ton of high post stuff against Silver Creek, Southport running stuff through uh, through Caleb. Mm-hmm. And without Kaufman, it was just basically Cooper Jacoby. Now, Cooper, I thought, did a really good job on Caleb. And Caleb, obviously, the game went to overtime. And so Caleb had some extra time to get some stats and, and made that game look a little bit better than what it was. I mean, I, he still would have had a good game. I mean, because that's that was just a good game in general. But but what it did was empty out the baseline for for Burke. And mm-hmm. they ran a lot of high post stuff involving Zane and, and Caleb. And I mean, I think as much as Jacoby did a really good job on guarding Caleb through regulation, um, the, the assist numbers that first had that game, I think he had seven or eight assists as well as what ended up being 20 points and 15 rebounds. So it wasn't like it, Caleb was having a bad game. It's just that he well, was. And it was- it was very similar against Bar Reeve. Uh, Kurt Hope done a really nice job of shutting him down through regulation. And then in OT, um, you know, he was able to pad the stats a little bit. But it was actually um, a role player for Blackhawk Christian who scored like eight in overtime to, uh, you know, secure that win for him. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it was – and they got a little bit of that too. As Anytime you have to pay as much attention – Two guys, someone's going to be able to sneak in there. Just like, um, who's your guy there at Bar Reeve that hit some of those shots? Kidwell or Tommy Kidwell? Yes. Yeah, I mean he was, I mean he was outstanding against Carmel, and, and he hit a couple of shots too against um, against Blackhawk as they were making their comeback. Of course, I was getting ready to leave. Um. The kid you're probably thinking about was Boyer. Are you thinking about Boyer? Yes, Boyer. Yes, because he did the same thing against Golf, or he did the same thing against Silver Creek. So yeah, where he had about eight points, and it seemed like everything was him catching, driving, and he's a pretty strong kid, mm-hmm. and just was able to finish. And so, but yeah, then you got Kidwell for Bar Reeve, who's doesn't seem to miss, and uh, didn't miss against Carmel. No. Well, but then, you know, Bryson Graber's little brother came in there, Caden Graber, and and hit uh, six threes against Fort Wayne Blackhawk. So, yeah, that helps. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that's another boost off the bench. Uh, Hooks, first Big Ten offer, the first of what will probably be many. That's long overdue, in my opinion. Um, the first thing that happened after I put the All-Star stuff out on New Year's Eve day was, was um, started getting messages on Stafford think, you know, saying he'll make the all-star team and look out for that. And, and, you know, that's why I followed up with a tweet that any of these teams, especially at the 3A and especially at the 4A level, any of these teams make a semi-state run, it could change a couple of spots on the all-star team. And 
it's not as if it's predetermined, but it's, you know, there's a pretty decent group of kids that we think should make it. So not predetermined, but uh, a pretty good list already put forth in my opinion. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's a loaded class, but mm-hmm. you know, you're starting to look at some of these kids in, in the way of, the question marks are just the guys that are on teams that are maybe aren't at the top of the rankings. Mm-hmm. And how much of a role does that play into it? You know, Jaden Taylor being the the big one right there, although they, they had a really nice win against Center Grove yesterday. So that was kind of surprising, but um, I mean, I think if, if addicts can have a good tournament, I think Stafford could play his way into it but it's an uphill battle and like, you know, who's he going to pull off? It it would almost have to be another guard. And I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure who that would be. Cause at that point you're looking at, you know, he's competing with guys that are committed to Butler and guys that are, you know, a Vance from Lawrence North. Of course, if they win that sectional, then Lawrence, that means Lawrence North won't. Mm-hmm. And if addicts doesn't win that sectional, you know, no one, I mean, as, as tough as that sectional is, it's really there's five or six teams that could win that thing. So, and all seven schools are really good. So, big news this week, huh, Zach? Yeah. We were, Bar- Barney, we were researching. Well, I was researching um, game previews. And was trying to get a name off of Cal, trying to get the third name off of Calumet, and noticed that Williamson, mm-hmm. Ashton Williamson, their their wonderful sophomore guard, wasn't on the roster anymore. And I thought, well, maybe there's an old roster. So I started digging around. I texted Zach and I said, "Hey, you know, Ashton's not showing up on the roster. What the heck? You know, do we know anything?" And so he started fishing around, and and then I came up with some. I got some traction on my end, and and I think the coach at um, Coach at Calumet had confirmed that he wasn't playing in that game the next that day there that night or the next day because we were doing this the night before, um, but didn't give any specifics. And I was able to find out through another source that he had actually enrolled in Gary Twenty First Century. So that's oh. kind of a yeah, that's kind of a big deal. So oh, I mean, that deal. was kind of held off on it until the morning just to make sure we were confirmed that he was definitely enrolled and wasn't just somebody jumping the gun a little bit, but yeah, he he's, he's enrolled. And as of now, he's not, I, I should say this as of when we published that preview, he was not eligible. The preview was not of Gary 21st century though. So it wasn't like they had a game coming up. Um, and we probably don't have any more, any more news on that. Do we Zach? No, I, I don't. <clears throat> I think the the question was posed by my source of whether or not he would be eligible or could be eligible, and, and I don't think Calumet's going to sign off on it. That's merely conjecture. Uh, but I think they're tinkering with the idea of, hey, we're, to, we're moved to a 1A school. Why would anybody care? Uh, but Well. Yeah, you went through it with hope a little bit right well it, so it, i mean you know if you get in and read the rules you know if ashton 
competed any games, I don't think he's eligible, is he? I mean, if you no. want to go by IHSA rules. It's clear. Well, it's clear cut. First of all, the, the, the clear cut rule is when you're when you transfer, you're ineligible. So that's right. just you start off ineligible until you're told otherwise. So on the surface, he's ineligible. Right. Uh, the, the question is, is does Calumet sign off on it? When schools sign off on it, the IHSA pretty much signs off on it as well. I would say 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Of course, that 1% is usually a big name, you know, or that 1% is usually somebody who's there's been some issues heading out because it's, you know, it was kind of a known entity that they were unhappy. And that's when things start to get a little dicey. Uh, but that's where we get into the, into the comparison. The one way that I thought could, they could handle it was, you know, when Aaron Gordon transferred from North central to cathedral to this day, I don't know how that got resolved. I, I know how it got to the point where Aaron Gordon was able to play after only missing about three or four games was that there was finally an injunction filed on behalf of the family um, that he would be allowed to play until he was until he could get his hearing. So what that did was it took Cathedral off the hook to play him because at that point they are no longer playing a known ineligible player, if that makes right. sense. So at that point, the worst thing that would happen to Cathedral would have been they just would have had to have forfeited the games that Aaron played that they won. If, you know, eventually it was deemed that he was ineligible. Now, what does that mean? You know, in terms of a regular season, I don't know that it matters that much going. They went, I think they went 16 and five that year during the regular season. Instead, they would have been Oh, and 21. I don't think, you know, hell what uh, Pat or uh, Fagan, Andy Fagan is not even coached anymore. <laughs> so I don't think he was too worried about what his overall record well, is. Um, and it's, it, you know, those similar talk of uh, filing an injunction to uh, get a player to play happened with hope down here. Yeah. But I think, you know, everybody just thought otherwise and let it ride out. Yeah. And it's, you know, you want, it was different. It was Gordon's senior year for one. Mm-hmm. The, the wonderment is, is there is a threshold of do we want to be a school that, well, I mean, you're, you know, Cathedral was an advocate for the player. Mm-hmm. Now, you only really worry about doing this if the player is really talented. You know, we're not doing this for some kid that's going to, you know, be like your eighth or ninth guy. Right. Um, but if 21st century – well, we're not sure yet where it is in the process. I, I guess if it gets down to that, then they can decide if someone wants to file an injunction on behalf of the family. Then they, then the state steps in and says, look, this kid's allowed to play until he goes through his process. Why are we robbing him the opportunity to play for you know, an organization's administrative process? I'm sort of surprised Brewer hasn't done this. Um, well, but then the, the I mean, school does have to be willing to take the forfeits later in life, even if that means a state championship. They and they have some history, you know, of you know playing some ineligible players and and things along that line. So, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> no, that's Bo. I think that's Bowman. That's 
Or was that Bowman? That, that was yeah, that was Bowman, Bowman that did that. And I don't think they knowingly did it. I they, I didn't did, say I didn't say knowingly. Yeah, I'm that's, just saying that's, it happened. But that's the key. That's so if you knowingly do that, then yeah, now you're facing things like you know, being put on well, like Bowman was being put on probation. Mm-hmm. You're facing stuff like that where Cathedral was above reproach in that situation because the state had told them, you know, you can play this kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the the HSA would look pretty petty if they were going up against something coming from the state. Because like it or not, they still are a licensed business yes. within the state of Indiana. And you know, we, you know, when you're when you're that, you have to abide by things like rulings and laws and regulations and stuff like that. So, um, but anyway, I don't know it. You know, again, you're putting a lot on the school to decide. Hey, do we want to play a player that we we might know be eligible? We know might be ineligible, and then later have to forfeit. I don't know. That was a, that was a way around it. I don't know how good it is. I don't know how viable it is. Cathedral did it, and it, you know, it's been almost that's six year, five years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I I may have my facts wrong on that, but I don't. I don't think so. I know that it got to that point and I know Aaron Gordon played and I know it still shows up, but they were 16 to five that year. So I don't know that anything ever became of it. I think the ITSA probably, I don't know if they ended up winning an appeal, how that played out, but it was never mentioned. And really I don't think anybody's thought about it until, well, I did just the other day. So, well, and we can – another person you can think of, Cam Banks, who transferred from um, Evansville to uh, oh, Heritage yeah. Hills. He's still not playing, so I, I I don't know what's going on there. I thought he was supposed to be eligible the first of the year, but still haven't seen any stats. Well, and that's – I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I We didn't get a date on that transfer. I, I think the thing, too, with, with um, Williamson – his last varsity contest was December 5th. Ah. A part of that was three postponements, I'm assuming, due to some sort of COVID protocol. Right. But at the worst case scenario is he would be eligible December 5th of 2021. Mm-hmm. So he would only miss, if you're looking at Garrett, if you're looking at their schedule this year, he would only miss their first two games if it's the same schedule as it next year as it is this year or the similar schedule. I don't imagine it'd be identical, but so that's another consideration. But then he spends the rest of the year playing JV. I don't know, unless Calumet went the whole way and said he can't play at all. I, that happens every now and then, but it's pretty rare. Any buzz in your area on that, Zach? No, I mean, I don't see Coach Nick Calumet doing anything drastic like that, personally. He's a good guy. Yeah. And he's not going to, well, I mean, the school determined, I mean, I guess, you know, it depends on the school too. Some schools just take it out of the coach's hands and say, we're not right. We either are signing off on anybody or we aren't signing off on anybody. We've talked about this before. I think Carmel is a school. There's a lot of schools like him that their disposition is we're not signing off on anybody, especially a team sport. But some schools do defer to their athletics directors. Some schools do defer to their coaches. And ultimately, it's the principal that signs off on it. 
and sometimes you get administ you get administrative types that come in and make the determination, especially at IPS, Fort Wayne schools, Evansville schools, places like that where there's multiple, um, and they say just make it happen. It's not that you know it's not that big of a deal to them. We don't want to be holding kids back, et cetera, so forth. Um, and to the ITSA's credit, that is a way around their rules or a way through their rules. So, um, anything else on that? No, uh, I don't. I mean, you got that 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 extra confirmation on it. I guess the main thing yeah. on that it wasn't just one source or anything. It was it was the extra confirmation that we were looking for. Right. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be talking about this right now. Well, we'd be talking about it. I mean, we're it's public knowledge once they stroll. I, that's why I didn't feel the least bit bad about putting it out the next morning because they were going to play that night without him. Right. And he's not on their roster. I mean, they someone went in and took his name off their roster. So it's not anything they were hiding. I just don't. I don't know that they wanted to get into the particulars, which that's fine. Right. Yeah. And if I'm the coach of, if I'm Neek and I, I don't, I wouldn't, he's just not with us anymore. Yep. Which is exactly what we told you. I'd be the, I would be the exact same way publicly. Yep. Or at least on the record. But, well, we, um, another short week of games. So, but we're going to do best games, best uh, team, best player. Let's Zach. Even though you had a short week, what's your? Did you get? Yeah, I still have four, four games. There you go. Well, you saw one good one for sure, didn't you? One good one for sure. That's the that's my my top go game. With go with it. Right. Uh, was the Fort Wayne Snyder at Elkhart game? That I actually watched the first half of that this afternoon or this morning. Yeah. Streamed it. Yes. Uh, definitely the best game of the of the four I saw was yeah. that one. Uh, probably lived up to the hype that I was hoping it would going into it. Uh, it was really good to see those Snyder boys. <clears throat> that was the first time I'd seen them, uh, other than a little bit here and there live streaming, which I, I'm so against live live streaming. Uh, trying to trying to tell judge player. You know, we've talked about that a little bit before. True. Uh, I'm going to town. Do you need anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll take. Um, I'm live here. Sorry. I'll take some yeah. wings. Double cheeseburger. Yeah. Uh, the guys said they want some wings and a double cheeseburger. This will be on the the podcast. By the hey, way. ask her if she can go to Vincent's and pick up some Jimmy John's for me. They want to know if you can go to Vincent's and get him a Jimmy John's like you did for me the other night. <laughs> we. Thanks. Thanks, honey. Uh, so, that would be the worst DoorDash. That, that would be the worst DoorDash in the history of DoorDash. We were at the game, the Lagoti game down at North Davies, and Barney gets a sandwich delivered, which I thought that was nice. Definitely. And I go, where's there a Jimmy John's close? To, I mean, North Davies, for those who don't know, is close to Washington. I go, so where's there, where's a Jimmy John's at? She says, oh, she got it in Vincennes. I was like, <laughs> what is that, 35 minutes away? Well, Jeez. hey, in her defense, she was in Vincennes when well, I, I figured mean, that. for a I reason. Figured she so, didn't just drive yeah. over there. No, she does not love me that much. I yeah. figured you were not that big of a jackass to make your wife drive to. No, not at all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for that, I've been like, can we get some Freddies? Right. Anyway, See, all right, we don't so have it. 
yeah, we don't have a Freddy's here. We need a Freddy's down here. That's okay. Moving on. All right. <laughs> Zach Snyder. Yeah. Snyder. Elkhart. Snyder Elkhart. Best game for me of the four. Uh, best player comes from this game also that I saw. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's Carson Jenkins. I'm going to, I'm taking him over Lambert right now. I know we kind of chatted about that before the game. Well, he was uh, better. He was better. Uh, the games I saw at Grace, by the end of it, Lambert was doing his Braden Smith impersonation. He was driving baseline and finding people and hitting drift passes and finding guys releasing the lane. And, and, but yeah, no, I got it. I mean, it's Jenkins yeah. was really, well, Jenkins was really good too. I just like Lambert. Lambert's sure. playmaking that day was, was a little bit more on point than, than probably what you saw against Elkhart. Right. Right. Definitely. I mean, Elkhart tried to keep him out of the game as much as possible. I think he ended up with 17 still against them in their win. But yeah, Jenkins just went off for that game. You incredible range shooting, so smooth, really good with the ball, I feel like. Just a great player. Uh, I, I talked to Coach Alford actually during the game a little bit from Huntington uh, before the game because he was he was there, happy to get out and see some guys during the season finally. Uh, not have to watch live streams, <clears throat> but but he was really impressed with, with with Jenkins in that game as well. Obviously, yeah. So my my top game was that game. Cart was the Elkhart uh, Snyder game, and then my top player would be the, would be Carson Jenkins this week for me. Barney, what so was your you... top game? What was your top game of the week? Um, I've got to go with that Lagodi North Davies game. Just yeah. to you know, close rivals. Um, pretty evenly matched team really as far as talent goes but I mean you you seen you know you were there wanting to watch somebody put on a show and you seen how well the the Wilson twins from North Davies played defense on them and you know so that was my top game definitely. I wasn't anticipating a show because I mean I, I know Silas, I know Bauer's still their their best player I I liked mm-hmm. all the sophomores I mean Jaden Mullen is really good yes uh, the, the Wilson twins it was the first time seeing them play that was nice uh, but then yeah Bledsoe you know, but then he had a big three and hit free throws down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I, you know, and I see your point on Bauer. There, there's times where he can drift. You know, there's times mm-hmm. where he can. He kind of dips in and out. Um, and I think the next day they both or the next day against Brownstown, they both had pretty. Yes. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good games. You got a, You got a chance to see a lot of young talent there. Those last those last two uh, days. Brownstown's obviously got the three freshmen. Oh. The two that play a lot. Does the third one play? Does the bigger of the th- the biggest of the three play? No, there. No, two, it's just it's just better son and. Okay. Yeah, the two freshmen and now they've got a sophomore, uh, six four six five sophomore that I was really impressed with also. So, um, I got to find his name. Darledge Carson Darledge. Yeah, Carson Darledge. Yeah, was really impressed with him. Thought he moved well, played well. But uh, my best player, obviously, it, it Caleb first. Watching, you know, he's just he's such a talent. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, you know. No, oh, you're counting that. You're counting the streaming game. So you're going with first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're you're putting the North Davies Lagodi oh, game above that, huh? I am. I am. <laughs> just for the simple fact of I was at North Davies and Lagodi. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. And it's not like we don't talk about Bar Reeve and Fort Wayne Blackhawk enough. It is, so. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's like you said, man, it's getting hard to get to games because you don't know if they're going to be canceled or not. So, 
It's and what, what get, most people don't know is that last week we did actually did a three hour podcast in the Carmel Bar Reeve game, and I had to edit yeah. it. <laughs> so. Darn, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. No, it seemed like it. It was actually just what I think it was just forty eight minutes, but yeah. So it it seemed like bad, we were but... like we were literally just breaking down every aspect of this game. It's like Zach would have been just probably falling asleep like I yeah. did that one time. <laughs> um, my best game of the week was just the live games I'm going to refer to because I, mean, I I got a chance to see games every day or every available day was um, part two to North Central. Just how back and forth it was and, and how it seemed like anytime somebody had a little run, the other team's star caught traction, and that would obviously be Leland Walker for North Central and Ronnie Johnson from Park Tudor. And the, the difference between those two, and just in terms of how they do it, Johnson is a, is a better shooter. And without being deferential to Johnson, I mean, Leland Walker is just fantastic it, it, just with his overall athleticism, his playmaking. Um, I think Johnson has a couple more weapons with him. Um, and, and a little bit of a um, – at least that game, a little bit of better support system that was willing to find him. Were, like they were hunting him out, especially early in possessions. Where Walker sometimes, if, if North Central didn't score in transition, it was hit and miss, especially in the second half, if they would even look for Walker. There were a couple possessions where Leland – I mean – I would hate this as a coach, but I'm just saying there were a couple of possessions where Leland, he could have just stayed in the defensive end. Um, now, North Central played without their head coach, Jason Gardner, who was out due to contact tracing. But and speaking from experience, I, with an 0-2 varsity coaching record, I know how much your head can spin when you scoot down one seat, no matter how much coaching <laughs> experience you have, because you're just not – you're not prepared um, to change duties that quickly you know, and making a bunch of in-game adjustments and dealing with kids playing beyond their role. That's just what it looked like during stretches against Park Tudor for North Central. But, you know, when Leland was in transition and when Leland had the ball in his hands, he was – he just would make plays. And and still waiting for him to just completely have faith in his jump shot. Uh, if nothing else, just to make teams – question whether or not they should go underneath ball screens. I, th I, I do think most teams will still take a chance on going underneath. Even if he gets, even if he gets that shot going, um, but at least then he can make people pay for it. Cause right now he doesn't even really look for it consistently, or if it is, it's kind of out of rhythm and, and just not as smooth as fluid as it is, is when he pulls up and shoots in transition when he's just at that point, he's, really thinking the score, but at the same time, he, he hardly ever misses somebody. So, Zach, what was your best team of the week? Uh, so, yeah, best team, I'm, I might turn to a stream also because I ended up did, – I didn't watch the game live last night. I yeah. watched a little bit of it uh, after the fact. It was the Homestead game at, against North Central. Staying oh, yeah. With, staying with Leland Walker for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, Homestead obviously is my best team that I saw. Uh, they have Grant Simmons now, who's stepping up for them—a senior forward, six-four, really taking over uh, for them. 
I really like him. He had 32 in this game. Goody had 26. Lawyer had 18. I think Leeper had eight or 10 again, his usual, usual self there. But, but Homestead is just super tough. I mean, my goodness, it's going to take, I'm not sure what it's going to take to beat these guys. They're the best team I've seen this year. Definitely. I mean, they've gone through a gauntlet schedule too. It's not like they're playing a bunch of cupcakes. I mean, I like to be a Mick Homer. I like to be a Carmel Homer, uh, but Homestead's the best team I've seen. So don't at me, Barney, <laughs> rolling your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> your big hot you take was Barb Reeve was going to beat Carmel. I mean, I know you're almost close, but we did have like three key players missing that game. <laughs> you stop it. They still got to play basketball games. I understand that. Um, but Homestead's really, really good. I mean, yeah. they're, I know that's an understatement. And of course, they, of course, they have two Carmel players, right? We all know that, right? <laughs> the two transfers, the brothers, um, who the, the last time there was a battle over a, a player between Carmel and Homestead, it was Jordan Geist when his father was interviewing for principal or administrative jobs down in Carmel. Didn't get didn't get either one of them, and they ended up getting hiring at Fort Wayne in their school system. And then, so it didn't even Homestead didn't even hire him. He didn't even hire Jordan's dad. Just Fort Wayne schools did, and then and Jordan ends up going to Homestead, and of course beats Carmel in the regional, and then turns around and wins the state championship. So <laughs> that worked out. Yeah, I wasn't as much as I didn't want Carmel to lose. I was happy for Jordan and for their other kid Dana Bat. Both those guys played for me, so it was fun. It was cool rooting for them. Um, but wasn't rooting for him that Saturday. <laughs> um, best team, Barney? Best team. Um, I don't know. I've got to go with Fort Wayne Blackhawk on the live stream. It's just – yeah. It, it, how do you – especially at the 2A level, who's going to come in and be able to compete like that with first? And Burke and, and you know, if Davidson's on, you're, you're pretty well done. So, Caleb first is just, I don't know, a generational talent, if you will, around there. Around there, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, well, they, yeah, I guess it's, it's been 10 years since Deshaun Thomas. So I guess that's mm -hmm. somewhat of a generation. It's a half a generation, right? Right. Um, you know what? I'm completely unprepared for best team. Um, oh. I don't know. Shoot. Oh, man. But you got to go through it, don't you? I yeah. Have to go. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm have to go through and try and figure out who I saw this week. Um, oh, jeez. Just say Carmel. No, I don't know if I saw them this week. I didn't see them this week. Contrary to popular belief, I don't go to every one of their games. I'm trying to think who I saw. Um, I thought I was prepared for this, but now I'm kind of brain dead on. On who um, who I saw, um, cause I really don't want to go with. You know what? The best team I saw this week probably was um, Westfield. And that flows right into my best player that I saw this week, which was Braden Smith. 
I think what what makes Westfield what, what tips the scale on that was just how in sync they are. So the, the criticism I had of North Central watching them play Park Tudor is the utter reverse for Westfield, where every possession for Westfield that isn't that isn't in like a transition situation, every possession finds Braden Smith. Now, obviously, in set possessions and dead balls, he's bringing the ball up. He's their primary ball handler. But, you know, Noblesville played zone a lot, and, and Braden is their baseline guy on the, what the offense that they run. And, I mean, he gets touches every single possession. It's just – it seems like and he's, he's relentless with it. He attacks the baseline. He, he – um, He's outstanding attacking the baseline. He his he can drift past with either hand, and that's hard to do. If you know if you're <laughs> there's college guys that can't drift past with their off off hand, and that's a deadly weapon when he, especially when they've got two or three other guys who can hit shots. And really, Cam Hafner didn't have that great of a game, uh, but but we all know in this area at least that he can. So he's always going to be able to impact how the other team rotates, and in this case, Noblesville. Noblesville's biggest problem is they've got three kids who are very talented offensively that do struggle defensively. And so it's always a tipping point for them on if they go man or zone. And Westfield just shredded their zone. And, you know, Noblesville's going to change defenses to make things difficult on people. But they do have those, like I said, they do have those three kids that are that are talented players that just, just struggle in man-to-man. They just do. And that's, um, you know, you can't you can't change some of that stuff in a hurry. And, and Westfield ripped their zone apart. And then by the time they went man, it was Braden, you know, Braden took the ball up top and the ball screens, it was handoffs. It was, I mean, he just – Instead of attacking the baseline, now he was attacking the middle of the paint, put up a couple of nice floaters. He just had a complete game. And, and more and more, I think he is a kid that – I mean, I think if you're a high major and you can kind of buy into him defensively, I think you got to take a look at him because offensively he is – he's pretty complete as a point guard. He makes people around him better. And, and kudos to Westfield for – they know every possession where he is. And they hunt him out. And they're probably going to go into Carmel like they did last year, undefeated. Uh, they're going to they play this Saturday. Last year they were eight and zero, played Carmel at Westfield, got beat. This year they're they're going to be eight and zero probably again. And Carmel may be Carmel has Center Grove Friday night, so we could have Saturday night Carmel nine and zero and Westfield eight and zero. And that's been one. That's been one. Braden's one thing was struggling to beat Peter in that group. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a chip on their shoulder. Um, but yeah, they were, they were my best team in the week and Braden Smith was my best player of the week. So, but you know what I like through that whole conversation, you said Westfield finds him out in every possession that offense runs through him, whether it's shots yeah. or facilitating, and that's what teams have to. When you have a player like that, you got to use him, however it is. Yeah. Well, and every offense is different. I mean, so much of what, you know, again, I can, I, it's not necessarily compare contrast between two schools, but 
Westfield does way more, has way more movement off the ball than North Central does. North Central is <laughs> is more exchange or um, interchange off the ball. They are more, um, they're more dribble drive. Not that Westfield doesn't attack with, with the dribble, but almost everything they do is predicated on player movement. Mm-hmm. And we all know how big of a, well, the YouTube, anybody that's ever listened to me talk about basketball any prolonged period of time knows I'm a motion snob. And I'm a big believer in player movement. And I'm a big believer in off-ball screening. I don't believe for a second that it impacts spacing nearly as much as what people think. Um, because as you're impacting spacing, you're also occupying defenders. And you, you make them multitask. And anytime you make somebody multitask, you, you give them a greater opportunity to make a mistake. And the offense gets to exploit it. So, um, but there's a hundred different ways to coach basketball. And this is the personnel Westfield has, and they're very, very good at it. And they have a star player and they hunt him out. Like their life depends on it. (laughs) And he's really good. And he delivers the goods back to them and he makes them better. Um, And they're, they're fun to watch. You know, I, I, I like watching Noblesville. One of my former players is their head coach. Uh, so I enjoy watching them play, enjoy watching them compete because they are slowly taking on his personality. Uh, but Westfield was really fun to watch yesterday, and that was it was an enjoyable game from a spectator standpoint. Although I'm sure Peck and Paul had some nightmares about it last night but because it seemed like every time he turned around, freaking Braden Smith's finding somebody. So anything else before we do our reads and then our hot takes? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, guess what? We got an offer here before we're offline. Oh, man. Uh, so Sean there's... Black. Sean Black, IU East offer. IU East for Sean Black. Yes. That's nice. That's good. So he's got IU East and IU South Bend now. He's going be... to be a problem at that level. I mean, you know, Bishop Smith's a Warren Central Guard that was, was under-recruited. And went there and has had a great career or had a great, great career. Um, I think Black has a chance to follow in his footsteps if he goes to that league. He's just so quick and strong, and I've loved how he's played this year. He's much improved in terms of um, creating for others. Um, and, and at Warren, they got a lot of guys to create for. But he was, he was very good in the fall league. And he, he had a chance to play with some good guys, uh, the Addicts kids. So that team had a lot of talent. That team was fun to watch. And, and watching him be a distributor, not, not, not just a distributor, but a creator. He was excellent. So, well, good, good for Sean. Um, so we did get some Warren Central rec- point guard recruiting news today. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do the box out sport read? Yeah, Box Out Sports, the leading online graphics solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and your student-athletes this season and moving forward. Sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Remember, that's not just basketball. That's any sport. Uh, You're doing some good work with that. While I'm writing code, you're doing that. And Barney's putting in vanities. Barney, get those vanities in. no, I woke uh, up to a flat tire yesterday morning, so I spent the first half of the day getting new tires. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You got all four or just two? 
All four. New tires uh, all the way around. All right. There you go. All right. And that's no. your advice. Don't ever just get one. Right. Either two or four. Or else my father will reach up from the grave and choke you to death. See, the man knows. I know. Well, I listen to him on cars. That's for darn sure. Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Hot take theater. Who's going first? Uh, doesn't have to be high school, right? Does, eh, no, but it can't be predicting that Southern Indiana is going to win whatever game <laughs> you're watching. They're, they're not. They're, you can tell Southern Indiana that they have no legs. It's 69-69 or, with 45 seconds left. <laughs> well, we'll give Barney 49 <laughs> seconds to collect his thoughts. Zach, yeah, you got a hot take? Uh, take – I'll take the field in the Mr. Basketball race over uh, Caleb first, even though Barney's taking the field. Yep. So you don't think Caleb's going to win it? I'm taking the field. I think Caleb's going to win it. Hey, hot take. Don't talk about it. That's it. That's fair. Barney? Hot take. Kurt Hope does not make the all star team. Oh, really? God damn. You're just trying to upset everybody in the community or what? Not talking We're not about talking it. Not talking right? about it. <laughs> Man, I got hope clearly on there. Uh-huh. My hot take is Braden Smith is a high major point guard. That's my hot take. I I know we're not discussing it. I do think there is a level of buy-in that you gotta have at that level. Um he's a high major point guard. I would take him. Of course, I'd also probably take Leland Walker, too. So, All right, guys, that's it. Unless we got anything else, Barney, we'll get to the, get you to the end of your game, right? Right, which we talked about it. Of course, I may I may come down to Jasper uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday but, but besides that, that'll be all I have because I'll be out of state. So, Cool. Yeah. Well, until next week, we'll, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye.